Hello and welcome to the Revival Radio Show and Podcast. Revival is a place where you can come to encounter and ponder truth. In this show, we are going to be exploring the rich abundance of truth that the Catholic Church has to offer in all her wisdom. My name is Tara Lauderdale, and every show I will be reading an excerpt from spiritual books, church councils, writings from the saints, and more, and then offering a brief commentary on what I've read. This is so we can have the opportunity to hear and contemplate truth, and then allow this truth to penetrate into our daily lives so that we can become imitators of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the show. everyone and welcome to Revival. I am your host Tara Lauderdale and I hope you're having a great day so far because it's about to get even better. I can only hope. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus. Lord God, we entrust this time to you asking that you would speak to us, that you would send your Holy Spirit into our hearts right now to inspire us, to call us higher, to encourage us, to help us respond to you and to being in relationship with you. Please help us, Lord, anything that sticks upon our hearts today and in our minds, if it's of your Holy Spirit, please keep it there and help us to do whatever it is you need us to do to say yes to. And we just give this time to you, Lord, asking that you would help us to become the men and the women and the saints that you have called us to be. And we love you and help us to love you more. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so it's so fun having a podcast where I just read things to you. I really, it's kind of awesome. I really just go to my bookshelf and I just kind of look at the books I've got, some I've read, some I haven't read, and I just see what the Holy Spirit prompts me to grab. So I want to tell you a little something. This was several weeks ago now. It was during Holy Week and it was at the Chrism Mass. And if you are not familiar with the Chrism Mass, this is the annual Mass that happens every year, typically at the I don't know exactly the word for it, but basically the mother parish of the diocese, which the mother parish of our diocese is Holy Family Cathedral. And at this mass, every single priest of the diocese participates. The bishop is the head celebrant of the mass. And it's when all of the oils that are going to be used in the sacraments for the year are consecrated. It's super awesome. So you have like the oil of catechumens, you have the oil that's going to be used for anointing of the sick, stuff like that. Super duper duper awesome mass. And it's really beautiful because you get to see, like I said, all the priests of the diocese together standing behind the bishop who is uh, a successor of one of the 12 apostles. And 
they're all celebrating mass together and it's super cool and really amazing and you're really part of something much 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 bigger than yourself you're part of the church and there's this one moment when I was going up to communion and the line was kind of looped all around the cathedral (laughs) so the line was kind of long and there was just this moment when as I was in line and I was going up to receive our Lord in the Eucharist I just looked up and I saw priests still continuing to go up to the altar and receive the Lord themselves and it just kind of hit me how awesome the priesthood is and supernatural and it's something that we just can't really wrap our minds around as lay people and I just got very inspired to uh, do a show on the priesthood but what's really funny is I'm not even going to do a show on the priesthood but I was inspired to go to my bookshelf and pick up a book on the priesthood and then look inside that book and then that book determined what we're going to talk about today so I'm super sorry if you were getting really revved up or pumped for me to, I don't know, do apologetics on the priesthood or something. Unfortunately, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to do something that can apply both to priests and to lay people, which is just as exciting. So if you want to read about the priesthood, you totally can, because the book that I am pulling my information from today is called The Priest is Not His Own by Fulton Sheen. And it's about time I did a show with Fulton Sheen because Fulton Sheen rocks and he's one of my favorite people. He is so inspiring and for whatever reason I just desire a deep friendship with him and maybe okay it's because he was known for having a career in broadcasting and speaking and writing. I'm not necessarily trying to follow in his footsteps but I have been very inspired by all the things that he's written and so I'm so excited to get to share him with you all today. So I went to the bookshelf after this moment on that chrism mass on that Tuesday of Holy Week and I pulled this book out because I I really thought okay I'm gonna do a show on the priesthood it's gonna be super great I'm gonna tell lay people you know, what we ought to think of the priesthood, how we ought to treat it, what our response should be, how we can best support our priests. But then the chapter that I ended up choosing to talk on is really not super related to the priesthood. It is very related to the priesthood, but you lucky lay people, it's also related to you. So it's going to be super great today. So no surprise, it's related to prayer because I can't stop talking about prayer. Can't stop talking about it. And why would I want to? Why should I? I should never. So the chapter we're going to be going over today is Fulton Sheen's chapter on why make a holy hour. That's what it's called. Why make a holy hour? So for some of you who don't know, uh, it's pretty uh, self-explanatory, but a holy hour is typically a not typically, it is a time of prayer that is an hour typically in front of the Blessed Sacrament. An hour of prayer every single day in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Super cool. And Fulton Sheen is basically encouraging all of his priests that he's writing to in this book to pray their holy hours. And so he's going to offer reasons why they should make their holy hour. Now, some of you wonderful, wonderful out there, wonderful, wonderful out there people, (laughs) (laughs) Not English. Some of you wonderful people out there might say to me, 
Tara. Tara, you lovely, unmarried, energetic young person that works for the church. Of course you have time to pray a holy hour. Of course priests have time to pray a holy hour. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to pray. You're supposed to be the ones that pray. And this is when I, you can't see me, but this is me. I'm wagging my finger at you and I'm saying, no, no, no. Holy hours are not just for the priests and for the people who work for the church. No, no, no. God calls all of us to pray. And he does invite us to pray in accordance with our states in life. So yes, it is very appropriate, most appropriate, I'd say, for priests to make sure they make a holy hour at a minimum. It's most important for religious to make a holy hour. It's most important for people who work in the church and work in ministry to make holy hours. But I am going to encourage all of you today to, wherever you are in your stated life, to really consider beginning to have holy hours every single day. And I will say that you don't have to make it in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I understand that Sometimes with the workday and with family, it can be really difficult to drive to a church. So this is where my advice comes up, I'm sure from prior episodes, of making sure that you set apart a space in your home to pray. So for example, I have a room that I have decorated specifically with religious art and have intentionally set aside a specific place to pray. So when I need to pray at home or I, or I can't make it to the chapel or whatever it is, I will pray my holy hour at home in my little prayer room. So make a space for that. If you don't have a space for that in your house, start making one right now because we should have those in our houses anyway. We should have, if you want Jesus to be at the center of your marriage and at the center of your family, then you absolutely have to have an area in your house where you can gather together to pray with your spouse and to pray with your family. And it's so fun because we have a great Catholic bookstore here in Tulsa that has beautiful art and beautiful statues and plenty of wonderful things that you can use to create a home altar. So do it. That is my encouragement to you. Just do it. Okay, so why make a holy hour? That's what we're going to talk about with Fulton Sheen today. And again, many of his reasons are going to point towards the priest. But what I'm going to do for, like I said, you lucky people on this show, is I'm going to try to cater it to you. Because one thing the church really needs right now, one thing the church really needs right now, is for lay people to start praying. And to start having really intimate relationships with Jesus. Why? Because when we have intimate relationships with Jesus and we fall in love with him and we encounter his love for us, we change. We change. It's super cool. I don't know. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have. And it is really cool when we spend time with our Lord and he he changes you a bit. So that's what I want to recommend. If you're like, oh man, I just wish I was more patient and I wish I was more kind and I wish I appreciated my spouse more and I wish I enjoyed my work. Well, here is the answer that you have been looking for. It, It's right in front of you and it is spending time with Jesus in prayer. So I'm going to talk about why we should even do that. And again, everything I'm going to share with you all First and foremost applies to priests because Fulton Sheen's writing to priests. But like I said, 
and then I cater it to you lovely lay people as well. All right, I've been talking long enough. Let's jump in. Why make a holy hour? This is how Fulton Sheen starts out. He says, what good does a medical convention achieve if the doctors agree on the need for good health, but take no practical steps to implement their argument? So with a book on the priesthood, what concrete recommendations may be given to the priest to make him worthy of the supernatural vocation to which he is called? One immediate and essential answer is the holy hour. But why make a holy hour? Reason number one. Because it is time spent in the presence of our Lord himself. If faith is alive, no further reason is needed. Boom, mic drop. I should just end the show right there. He says, why make a holy hour? Reason number one, because it is time spent in the presence of our Lord himself. If faith is alive, no further reason is needed. And I love that he has that second part because, yeah, why go spend time in a chapel praying? If you don't actually believe that our Lord is present in the Holy Eucharist. All right. Number two, he says, why make a holy hour? Because in our busy life, it takes considerable time to shake off the noonday devils, the worldly cares that cling to our souls like dust. An hour with our Lord follows the experience of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. We begin by walking with our Lord, but our eyes are held fast so that we do not recognize him. Next, he converses with our soul as we read the scriptures. The third stage is one of sweet intimacy, as when he sat down at table with them. The fourth stage is the full dawning of the mystery of the Eucharist. Our eyes are opened, and we recognize him. Finally, we reach the point where we do not want to leave. The hour seemed so short. As we arise, we ask, were not our hearts burning within us when he spoke to us on the road and when he made the scriptures plain to us? Okay, so number two, Fulton Sheen is saying, I love that he says, in our busy life, it takes considerable time to shake off the noonday devils. So we also sit down to pray for an extended period of time because it takes a little bit of time to really enter into the presence of the Lord and to actually let the thoughts about what needs to happen at work or what needs to happen at the home or what needs to happen with our kids. It takes a while for those to kind of shake off. Um, it's very interesting. So he, he's saying that we need to spend a considerable time with the Lord so that we can actually really enter into his supernatural presence. And then he describes it as walking with the Lord on the road to Emmaus, that it takes a little bit for us to recognize him um, and we can converse with him through the scriptures. And then finally, oh, experience that intimacy with him we really realize he's there and then darn it our time is up so it's really like this journey on the road to a maze that's what a holy hour can be like so i highly encourage you to read that story it's from luke chapter 24 all right reason number three why make a holy hour fulton sheen says because our lord asked for it don't you love these one sentence reasons they're so good because our Lord asked for it. He references Matthew 26, 40. He says, Had you no strength then to watch with me even for an hour? Ooh, if you can guess what that's from, you get a prize. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Yes, it's from the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus turns to his apostles and he particularly calls out Peter and he says, You couldn't even stay awake with me for an hour? 
So our Lord asks us to keep watch with him for an hour. So why make a holy hour? Because he asked for it. All right. I'm going to skip number four because that is super priest related. And there's no way that I can alter it to make it cater to lay people. So sorry about that. But if you're really interested, it's on page 231 of the priest is not his own. All right. Rule number five for why we should make a holy hour. Not rule. I mean reason. Fulton Sheen says, because the holy hour keeps a balance between the spiritual and the practical. Western philosophies tend to an activism in which God does nothing and man everything. The Eastern philosophies tend to a quietism in which God does everything and man nothing. The golden mean is action following rest. Martha walking with Mary. The holy hour unites the contemplative to the active life of the priest. Thanks to the hour with our Lord, our meditations and resolutions pass from the conscious to the subconscious and then become motives of action. A new spirit begins to pervade our sick calls, our sermons, our confessions. The change is affected by our Lord who fills our heart and works through our hands. A priest can only give what he possesses. To give Christ to others, one must possess him. Okay, so I know that sounds very only for priests, but watch this. I'm going to tell you how this can be altered to affect lay people, especially, honestly, both married people and single people. So the holy hour keeps a balance between the spiritual and the practical. And Fulton Sheen is pointing out how, yeah, very much so in the Western world, we, good golly, it's just the worst. Can we just, let me just say for a second, can I just say the spirit, the evil spirit of activism that just uh it just captures captures us and it enslaves us so very much so in the western world we live as if god does nothing and we are meant to do everything but then he counteracts that with what happens in the eastern world which is that god does everything and man does nothing and he's saying that the holy hour keeps that balance the holy hour is a place where we can enter into the reality that we're actually meant to cooperate in the work that god has already begun so god works first God initiates first, God calls first, and man responds. And so the holy hour is the place where we actually encounter this reality. We can come to rest. We can actually come to be still. We can come to stop working. We can trust that the Lord is with us and that anything that we are currently working on, he has. We can actually step away for an hour to be with the Lord, say, from Okay, this, this might sound bad, but trust me on this one, friends. You can actually step away from your family or your friends or whoever for an hour to be with the Lord. And actually, that's going to be better for your family and your friends, your loved ones, than if you spend no time with the Lord and put all of your activity and, and energy into doing everything. Because the holy hour helps us remember that we are not God. God is God. We're just people. We're a little, we are little, poor, broken, wounded people that can't do anything. We can't do anything without Jesus. <laughs> and so if you want to do a lot of things, if you want to be the best mom or dad in the world, the best spouse, 
well, you need to be with Jesus. You need to spend time, you need to spend time with Jesus. Because one, that's where your vocation came from. It came from the Lord, not from yourself, which is super exciting. And I hope that lifts any burdens off your shoulders. If you desire to be, like I said, the best mom, the best dad, the best spouse, you got to be with the Lord. You got to spend time with him. And you need to hear the Lord tell you it's okay for you to rest. It's not even okay. It's good. It, he, he, he says when you come to join him in holy hour, oh, it's so good that you're here. I bet you're so tired. Come, rest with me. I will speak. You can just listen. That's what, that's what the holy hour does. And you know what? That's the beautiful thing about why we as focused missionaries are so encouraged to do it because we have this little resource that's so good and it's all about divine intimacy and there's a story in there about how saint Teresa of calcutta uh encouraged her sisters to make a holy hour every day and the sisters in her order began to kind of complain and say but but mother there are so many people that are so in need here in Calcutta. So many people that need us, that need to be served. We don't have time to pray. And Mother Teresa says, well, if there is so much to be done, then we should pray all the more. And we're going to pray two holy hours each day. <laughs> and so that's, that's the way we should see things. The more we have to do to accomplish the more we should actually be spending time with the Lord. I know it seems so backwards, doesn't it? But, it? but it seems backwards because we're looking at that through the lens of our Western culture that pretty much idolizes activism and busyness. And so we actually have to live this paradox. And, this, and living this paradox takes faith. It takes faith to say, I have literally so much to do. I have so much to do, but I'm going to put it down, but I'm going to put it down and I'm going to go spend time with the Lord. And I'm going to trust that he's actually going to provide for me. And he's going to give me the graces I need to accomplish the tasks that I'm supposed to accomplish. If I give him the time and the space, he will work. And he will work far better than I ever could. So I'm so glad that Fulton Sheen tells this to his priests. And I think he could say the same thing to us lay people. We, if we want to give away the Lord to others, if we want to give away Christ and his love to our spouse, to our children, to our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, we have to possess him. We have to possess him. That's what Fulton Sheen says. And we can't possess him if we don't spend time with him. So that's my encouragement to you all as we begin to take a deep dive into this chapter. It's so good. That's only reason number five. I'm pretty sure there are at least 15 reasons maybe. I'm not entirely sure. But we'll go ahead and... Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave it right here. Wonderful. All right. Well, you all are listening to Revival with Tara Lauderdale. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about what Fulton Sheen has to say about why 
first and foremost, priests should make a holy hour. But for us today, we're going to talk about why we as lay people should make a holy hour. We're just applying some of his reasonings to us because we need to be people of prayer, people of intimacy with the Lord. All right. Thank you all for listening. We will be right back. listening to Revival with Tara Lauderdale and lucky, lucky, lucky us. I've said lucky many times in this episode. I really don't know why. We're not lucky. Luck involves chance and we don't believe in chance as Christians. We believe in divine providence. All comes forth from the hands of our loving father. Am I right or am I right? Okay, so we're not lucky. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed by one of these incredible people of the Catholic Church, and his name is Fulton Sheen, and I'm one of his biggest fans. And today we are talking about this chapter that he wrote in his book, The Priest is Not His Own. It was his, I I don't know exactly what it was meant to be, other than a book for priests. He's instructing priests. And within this book, he wrote this chapter called Why Make a Holy Hour? And we're reading that today. And if you are just joining us, you might be thinking, but Tara, I'm not a priest, so should I keep listening? Ah, and I would say yes, you should, because we are taking the reasons that Fulton Sheen says for why we should make a holy hour, and we're kind of giving them a little tweaky tweak, a little adjustment to basically help us understand why and how we as lay people should and can pray a holy hour. So we covered reasons. Well, not quite. We covered a few reasons in the first segment, and now we're going to cover a few more reasons, and it's going to be so great. Isn't it going to be so great? It's going to be so great. Okay, so let's take a look at number seven. We're going to skip number six because also very, very priest-related. I cannot... Well, hmm. Let's give this a try. Okay, so rule number six is very priestly. It's actually very beautiful. So Fulton Sheen says, Why make a holy hour? Reason number six. Because revelations made by the sacred heart to saintly souls indicate that still unexplored depths of that heart are reserved for priests. There are veils of love behind which only the priest may penetrate and from which he will emerge with an unction and power over souls far beyond his own strength. The house of the priest is not the rectory. He is at home only where Christ is present. There alone he learns the secrets of love. To St. Margaret Mary, the Sacred Heart complained that so few priests answer his cry, I am thirsty. His words to her were, I have a burning thirst to be honored in the Blessed Sacrament, and I find hardly anyone who endeavors according to my desires to quench that thirst by making some returns to me. Okay, so again, this reason is very, a a little hard to adjust to lay people, particularly because Fulton Sheen is explaining that priests have access to a very specific and private place of our Lord's heart, which is so beautiful. And I think really I just want to focus on this last quotation that he shares that 
our Lord said to St. Margaret Mary, I have a burning thirst to be honored in the Blessed Sacrament, and I find hardly anyone who endeavors according to my desires to quench that thirst by making some returns to me. So how does that apply to us as lay people? I know I just spent the first segment talking a lot about how we should pray in our homes, but that's if we can't make it to churches, if our schedules and our lifestyles just that would be imprudent. But there is also something here about the ways in which we can sacrifice, the ways in which we can sacrifice for the Lord by going out of our way to visit him in the Blessed Sacrament. He humbles himself so infinitely and incredibly and wonderfully to fulfill that promise I will be with you always to the end of the age and he fulfills that promise through the Eucharist but again how often do we drive past Catholic churches and make pay no attention to the fact that our Lord is dwelling in the tabernacle or multiple tabernacles and how often do we just think ah I'll just see him on Sunday. You know, and even something even something as small as when you drive past a Catholic church and just saying hi to him out loud or in your heart, just to acknowledge his holy presence. When you're driving down Cherry Street, oh, make sure you say hi. When you're driving downtown, oh, make sure you say hi. When you're driving down Peoria, make sure you say hi. And when you're driving down, well, some other churches are in neighborhoods, but that's what's unique about Catholic churches. Our Lord really, truly dwells there. And we lay people can begin to honor him just by noticing him. Just by noticing him. I mean, again, also, just want to point this out. A lot of times we don't even notice him when we're at the church to worship him. I know it makes no sense. How is this possible? Well, we can really close our eyes and ears and hearts to the presence of our Lord. And we do that when we go to Mass, and then right after Mass, we start talking in the sanctuary like nothing happened. Or when we attend Mass and before Mass, we're talking in the sanctuary like nothing's about to happen. We need to honor those spaces. We need to honor those spaces. We need to revere those spaces. If we, friends... My fellow Catholics, if you are Catholic and you are listening to this, if we desire the conversion of the world to the Catholic Church and the Catholics aren't even revering our Lord in the Eucharist, why would anybody else revere a sanctuary? If we aren't revering the Lord in the Eucharist, respecting those spaces, teaching our children reverence, Who's going to believe us when we say, oh, our Lord's present in the Eucharist? Or when we make arguments to our Protestant brothers and sisters and say, well, we've got the Eucharist. Well, then act like it. Act like it. Or nobody's going to believe you. So that's all I have to say about that. We can satiate our Lord's thirst for souls by honoring him in the Blessed Sacrament, by letting ourselves be in relationship with him. Okay, let's... Look at some more reasons. Ooh, okay. Hmm. There are a couple more of these reasons, again, are very priest are going to be very priestly, obviously. But, hmm, 
I will just say this. Reason number eight. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it just says, because the holy hour makes us obedient instruments of the divinity. So reason number eight for why we should make a holy hour, why priests specifically first and foremost should make a holy hour is because the holy hour makes us obedient instruments of the divinity. How does this relate to lay people? So yes, priests have a very specific role of being instruments, right? Especially in their administration of the holy sacraments. But we too, us non-priests, can also become instruments. We can become obedient instruments of the divine. We can be docile little instruments for the Lord. We can be witnesses And I think this is really important, again, kind of going back, say you're married, say you have a family, and say you've noticed that your family maybe really struggles in being kind to each other or being charitable. Well, again, spending time in the holy hour allows us, and inviting the Lord in the holy hour, inviting him to let his will be done in our lives and let his work be done in our lives and basically showing him that we desire to be docile to his will can actually turn us into instruments. And that's what we're called to be. We're called to be instruments of his divine will. Again, priests have a very unique, unique and set apart calling. They're set apart. They're set apart from us. But that doesn't mean that lay people are not also called to be instruments of holiness for the glory of the Lord. So making a holy hour can help us become those instruments that he desires us to be and that he desires us to be in in our vocations. So Fulton Sheen is specifically talking about how priests can be obedient instruments in and through their vocation as priests. But you as a married person or you as a religious are also called to be a holy instrument in and through your vocation. And by spending time in prayer, you will become that instrument that you are meant to be for your family or for your religious order. Okay, let's take a look at what else comes next. Ooh, all right, this is a good one. Why make the holy hour? Reason number nine. Because the holy hour helps us make reparation both for the sins of the world and for our own. Okay, why make a holy hour? Reason number nine. Because the holy hour helps us make reparation both for the sins of the world and for our own. So when we go to pray, and this will happen over time. A lot of times when we start praying, it's about us. We make it about us. We go to pray because it makes us feel like we're good Christians. makes us feel good about ourselves. Or I get so much peace. I get so much peace when... I have spent time with the Lord. And that is so great. It is so great. The Lord wants you to have peace. But we also should go to prayer and beg for mercy. Because it's very interesting. Many saints will write about this. But when you spend enough time in the presence of the Lord, you will begin to realize what a poor, poor sinner you are. And a lot of times we think, we typically think we're doing fine because we don't hang out with Jesus. <laughs> we're like, I'm great. I really don't sin that much. You know, the occasional little lustful thought or anger 
you know, gossip. But I really, I, I'm mostly nice to everybody. I do pretty good. I'm a pretty good person. But I'm telling you, friends, once you start spending time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who is love itself, you will realize what a poor sinner you are and how in need of him you are. And let me tell you, it's a gift. So my brother said to me the other day, I told him I was feeling so poor. And he said, it's a gift to experience your poverty. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, but he was right. It is. It's a great gift to experience our poverty. And when we make holy hours, and honestly, just in general, the more we go to prayer, the more aware we become of our radical need for God and our sinfulness. Because God is so good. He is goodness itself. And when we encounter goodness and when we are in the presence of goodness, we become very, very aware of our sinfulness. And beautifully, we can't say any longer, I'm good where I am. I'm doing fine. No, we're like, oh, I don't know how to love. I don't love. <laughs> I need to go to confession. I need to start over. I need to, I need to be like him. I need his help to be like him. That's what the holy hour has the power to do. Was that super related to reason number nine that I just read? Not quite, but I still think it's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to say. So let's keep going. Reason number 10, so good. This is especially for those of you out there who maybe are working in the church or maybe are working in ministry or maybe are just hmm, really, yeah, just going through a period of desolation or dryness or struggling to have any interest in prayer let's see what fulton sheen says in reason number 10 why make the holy hour he says because it will restore our lost spiritual vitality our hearts will be where our joys are one reason why many fail to progress after many years in the priesthood is that they shrink from casting the whole burden of their lives upon our lord they fail to seek their joy in the union of their priesthood with the victimhood of christ they will sometimes remain stubborn, clinging to the things of sense, forgetful that the Eucharistic door is really not a door at all. It is not even a wall, for there we have the breaking down the wall that was a barrier between us. Okay, what does that have to do with lay people? I'll tell you. So, Fulton Sheen is saying that reason number 10 is that making the holy hour will renew a priest's spiritual vitality. And I'm going to say the same thing to you all. Yes, you are called to have a spiritual vitality as a layperson. No, okay, you don't administer the sacraments. And no, you don't preach homilies or teach or catechize nearly as much as priests do. But, but, you are still made for God. You are still made for a relationship with him. You are still made to be in communion with him. And it's so funny we can sometimes lose our taste for prayer or not have any desire to pray. And the only solution is to go pray and to go pray more than you were before. I know, isn't that? Again, it is such a paradox. It's such a paradox. So especially those of you who maybe work in ministry, maybe you yeah, work at the parish or you lead a small group or whatever it is, you teach RCIA and maybe you've been doing it for a long time. And you feel like 
your wheels are turning and you're not really moving any direction, not really going anywhere. Maybe your prayer life has started to wane because you're like, ah, you know, I can get by in ministry without having to pray so much. Like I'm getting the, the stuff done. Nope. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to start praying again and you need to start praying even more and you need to start being consistent because when we start trying to proclaim the truths of the Lord without the Lord, those are dead branches that are going to be taken and thrown in the fire. But we don't want that. We want to be branches that are grafted to the vine that are bearing fruit. And if you want to bear fruit for the Lord in your family, in your marriage, in your friendships, in your workplace, then you must pray. What else? What else? What else, friends? Ooh, another really important one. Reason number 12. I'm skipping reason number 11. So sorry about that, everybody. Reason number 12. Why make a holy hour? Because it reduces our liability to temptation and weakness. Ooh, so good. Because it reduces our liability to temptation and weakness. Presenting ourselves before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament is like putting a tubercular patient in good air and sunlight. The virus of our sins cannot long exist in the face of the light of the world. Our sinful impulses are prevented from arising through the barrier erected each day by the holy hour. Our will becomes disposed to goodness with little conscious effort on our part. Satan the roaring lion was not permitted to put forth his hand to touch righteous Job until he received permission. Certainly then will the Lord withhold serious fall from him who watches. With full confidence in his Eucharistic Lord, the priest will have a spiritual resiliency. He will bounce back quickly after falling. So awesome. So that's pretty much what I already named earlier. In that when we are in the presence of God and we're making ourselves present to him consistently, then we will not be as susceptible to temptation. We will not be as susceptible to falling into sin and weakness. But I love that he says praying the holy hour is like erecting a barrier. So it's really like putting up a defense against sin. Isn't that so awesome? I think that's so great. So if we're spending time with the Lord in the Holy Eucharist every day for an hour, our will is going to become disposed to goodness. Our will will become disposed to goodness and we will be able to fight against sin and temptation because we are keeping watch. And because we are keeping watch with the Lord, the Lord is also watching over us, keeping us safe and protecting us from the workings of the enemy. All right, let's see what we're going to close with. Ah, this is important. Okay. Reason number 13. Why make the holy hour? Fulton Sheen says, because the holy hour is a personal prayer. Okay. So for those of you who don't know this, the priests are called to pray the breviary every single day. They also celebrate mass typically every single day. And I'm not talking about that for you all. But I've noticed when we as lay people go to pray the holy hour, it's very interesting. I love, I don't watch people pray. I just occasionally kind of peek over just to see sometimes what other people are doing. Um, typically when I'm struggling to pray and struggling to focus. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. I've, I just notice lay people 
As soon as they enter into the chapel to sit and pray with the Lord, they immediately pull out their rosary or a book. Hmm. Is this you? Am I talking to you right now? Hmm? Yes, it happens. I've noticed it. Because I think people don't know what to do when they sit before the Lord. Uh, they just start praying vocal prayers, which I think are great. The rosary is great. It's a meditative prayer. It's very beautiful. It's great to talk to our mother Mary. Um, and Or we read books. I do see people spending the whole hour reading a book without even looking up at the Eucharist. And I think that's so telling that I don't even know that if we as lay people know how to pray. Like if you have signed up for a holy hour somewhere, maybe once a week or so, what do you do during your time? Do you talk to the Lord? Do you read scripture? Do you just pray your rosary? Do you read a book the whole time? I, I do want to I want to invite you to evaluate how you spend your time in prayer and just ask yourself if you're actually letting it be personal or if you're just kind of filling the time. But I will say, first and foremost, thank you for being there because that's the first important thing. We can't alter our time with the Lord or make it more personal if we don't even have any. So last reason why we should make a holy hour because the holy hour is necessary for the church. Because the holy hour is necessary for the church. And yes, it's especially necessary for the church that priests pray their holy hours because that totally transforms their spiritual lives, sustains their spiritual lives, protects them from sin. But in the same way, lay people, you're the majority. You're the majority of the church. Could you imagine if we have more lay people praying holy hours? before the Holy Eucharist, how the church would change and become more Christ-like. The beautiful thing about the church is it's both human and divine, just like Christ. And the awesome thing is that because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit given to us at Pentecost, given to us through our baptism, and then sealed in our confirmation, we can become like Christ. And we become like Christ when we spend time with him, and when we spend time with him and become like him, we change. But then multiply that by all the lay people of the church. And we all as a church change and grow and bear fruit and are alive. It's not just the priests that should be praying the holy hours. There are only a few of them compared to the amount of lay people there are in the world. So thanks Fulton Sheen. This is why we should make a holy hour. That's what he, This is what he says about why priests should make holy hours. But again, from layperson to layperson, to you out there, wherever you're listening to this, I want you to really consider start scheduling out an hour of prayer in your day with the Lord. When can you keep watch with him? Where will you keep watch with him? How will you keep watch with him? That's my invitation to you. Start thinking about it. Start praying about it. Just say, Lord. Do you, want, do you want an hour of my time? Guess what? Let me tell you this. I know it sounds like so much, but it really isn't. It really isn't. If you watch TV and you watch more than one episode of most shows, which are typically 45 minutes, boom. You've already watched more TV than you could be praying. So, or eep, social media. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, don't say that there's no time to pray. Because St. Teresa of Calcutta would say... If you're too busy to pray, then you are too 
busy. If you are too busy for the Lord, you are way too busy and something's got to give. All right. Thanks, friends, for joining me. What a fun day today. I hope you learned a lot. I learned a lot just by listening to Fulton Sheen. He's so great. So great. And I look forward to our next time together. You've been listening to Revival with Tara Lauderdale. Have a great week.